Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is December 26th. Today we begin a not only brand new Come Follow Me block, but today we begin the brand new Come Follow Me curriculum for the Old Testament. Now I know it's not the new year yet, but because it's a brand new week that leads into January, we're going to begin the Old Testament this week. And before we get into this week's curriculum, which is Moses chapter 1 and Abraham chapter 3, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Old Testament, because I know that for a lot of people, the Old Testament is probably the most intimidating book of the standard works. And that is a very valid response. It's a very valid thought. Old Testament is probably my weakest subject, even though I absolutely love the Old Testament. And so it's normal to be intimidated by the Old Testament or to not be necessarily excited for the Old Testament. But I wanted to put your fears to ease a little bit, because really the thing that makes the Old Testament different to us or hard to understand for us, or maybe even we have a hard time finding inspiration in the Old Testament is because sometimes we don't necessarily study the Old Testament correctly. In order to fully understand the Old Testament, we need to more fully understand the culture of the Old Testament. We need to understand more fully the Mosaic Law. We need to more fully understand what was being taught and why in the Old Testament. So let's talk a little bit today about some of those things, about some things that we can learn and look for in the Old Testament, how we can glean more from the Old Testament. And then we'll take a look at a scripture in Abraham chapter three. I'm actually going to start in Abraham because Abraham's going to show us this vision of before the world. And so we'll start with that and then we'll go on into Moses. But first of all, the Old Testament is a culmination of writings from ancient prophets and others who were writing under inspiration from God. And it's a record of God's kids from the creation up until about 400 BC. Now, something that is really great about the Old Testament is that it gives us this look at the creation. It gives us a look at the fall of Adam and Eve. We learn about the flood. We learn about the establishment of the Abrahamic covenant, which continued through Isaac and Jacob and all these generations. We learn about Israel and we learn about Egyptian bondage. We learn about Moses. We learn about all these prophets. And even more importantly, we learn about prophecies of Jesus Christ. Something that I think is really important to remember is that the gospel of Jesus Christ at its core, the doctrines and the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ have never changed. They have been the same from the creation until now. Those core principles and doctrines of the gospel. What has changed is the way we practice those doctrines and those principles. And so sometimes we look at the Old Testament and we may not even feel like it's the same gospel that we live now because it's lived so differently. We see the Mosaic law. We see sacrifice. We see all these things that are so foreign to us that we look at it and we can't even see our gospel. We have a hard time seeing our doctrines in that book. But it's so important to remember that the doctrines and the principles of God have not changed from the beginning until now. And so that's one thing that we can do as we study the Old Testament is look to find the gospel. Look to find the principles 
of the gospel rather than focusing so much on the practices of the gospel. Because as we know, practices will change. The cultures will change, but those principles and those doctrines remain the same. And so as we approach the Old Testament, if we approach it from looking at those principles and doctrines of the gospel that we have now, then it's so much easier to relate to those teachings in the Old Testament. Some of those principles that we can see in the Old Testament that we still live today is the doctrine of sacrifice. Now, the way we practice that sacrifice now is very different than the way they practiced sacrifice under the Mosaic Law. But the doctrine of sacrifice remains unchanging. In fact, we talked a ton about the doctrine of sacrifice in the Doctrine and Covenants this last year, as we talked about the law of consecration and consecrating ourselves to the Lord. Other principles that we see here are the principles of covenant making and covenant keeping. Through the Old Testament and the focus on covenants there, we can learn what it means to have a covenant relationship with God and to truly be his covenant people. Truly, as we approach the Old Testament, there's so much to learn that we can apply into our lives and, and learn from and glean from now. Elder Boyd K. Packer, in a priesthood talk, but speaking specifically to seminary students, once said, in the Old Testament course, you learn of the creation and fall of man, the foundation for the temple endowment. You learn what a prophet is. You become familiar with such words as obedience, sacrifice, covenant, Aaronic, Melchizedek, and priesthood. The whole basic for the Judaic Christian law, indeed for Islam, is taught to you. The why of tithes and offerings is explained. You read about the prophecies of the coming Messiah and of the restoration of the gospel. You see Elijah demonstrate the sealing power, and hear Malachi prophesy that Elijah will be sent with the keys of sealing authority. In seminary, you learn to know the Old Testament. Now almost abandoned by the Christian world, it remains to us a testament of Jesus Christ. And my friends, I have found that as I'm studying the Old Testament, that is how I come to gain the most from those words, is by looking for the Savior in all of it. Now, sometimes that feels so difficult to do. Sometimes it feels so hard, but it's my belief and it's my testimony that interwoven throughout the entire Old Testament, we see types and shadows of Christ. I say that, and <laughs> I remember once on my mission, I was approached by a Seventh-day Adventist, and he pulled out his Bible and he said, show me, show me anywhere in the Bible where it says the name Joseph Smith. And I pulled out my Bible and I said, show me anywhere, anywhere in the Old Testament where it says the name Jesus Christ, and I'll be baptized into your church. But just because his name isn't there doesn't mean he's not spoken of. In fact, all throughout the Old Testament, Jesus Christ is spoken of and prophesied of. His name is never spoken, never says Jesus Christ, but he is shown symbolically and in prophecy throughout that entire book. And my friends, it's my testimony that as we approach the Old Testament, looking for the Savior in all of it, the Savior can become more alive to us in that book. Now, with that being said, let's take a look at Abraham chapter 3. Now, in this, Abraham is speaking to the Lord face to face, and the Lord is showing Abraham his creations. He's showing him his works. He's showing him 
things that happened in the pre-mortal existence. And as part of this vision, Abraham sees that some of the spirits are greater or brighter than others. And in verse 19 of Abraham chapter 3, it says, And the Lord said unto me, These two facts do exist, that there are two spirits, one being more intelligent than the other. There shall be another more intelligent than they. I am the Lord thy God. I am more intelligent than they all. Now, I love this scripture and what it can teach us about the Savior, even in the pre-mortal existence. I think it's really important to recognize that the word intelligence here or intelligent doesn't mean smarts or brains or IQ. Rather, in the scriptures, usually the word intelligent refers to a degree of light or truth. In fact, remember in Doctrine and Covenants section 93 verses 28 and 36, it says, He that keepeth his commandments receiveth truth and light until he is glorified in truth and knoweth all things. The glory of God is intelligence, or in other words, light and truth. And so here in the pre-mortal existence, the Savior had the greatest degree of intelligence, meaning he had the greatest degree of light and truth. And as we can learn from verse 28 here in section 93, that light and truth comes through obedience, through keeping the commandments. And so even then, even then in the pre-existence, he was greater than us all because of his obedience, because of his love of God that drove him to do good and to be good. And that obedience gave him greater light, greater truth, and greater intelligence. Truly, my friends, when he invites us to him, when he asks us to trust him and to follow him, we can do so with utter faith and trust in him because of who he is and because of who he has always been. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.